it can help people like be more in their bodies and sometimes totally. be a little less in their heads. Yes. But for me, sometimes it puts me more in my head, which I don't like. Well, I mean, you know? like if you're going to have anal for the first time, you got to be drunk, right? <laughs> is that is that responsible <laughs> advice that you're getting on this show? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I am your host, Liana. I am Jared, also here. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm also in the room. Jared, why don't we, let's try this again. I want the listener to see what we have rehearsed many a times. Okay, ready? Okay. Hi. Welcome. Wait, what do I say? <laughs> Leave it in. That's what I always say. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm your host, Leanna. I'm your co-host, Jared. That's it. I just want to just, <laughs> introduce. I just, like, why can't it just be, like, I'm Leanna, and then I'm Jared, and then we start talking? Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. But, like, do we have to say our, our roles, our titles? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, let's try it. Let's try it out. Okay. You guys tell us what you think. Okay. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of, of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Liana. I'm Jared. Yeah, I like Let's that. go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay, you guys give us send us a DM. Yeah. Give us your feedback. Um, basically, I just want everybody to know that I do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, you and I always have a fight about like not no, we, we don't have a fight. I I've only punched you twice. That's true. Um we differ in that, like, um, you like to be very prepared and everything like that. And I think that a lot of the great stuff in the show comes from the sort of more spontaneous. Yes. Like nature. Which is super ironic because in last week's episode, we were talking about travel. It was opposite. That's true. You like to go prepared mm -hmm. and planned and I'm like, yeah, just wing it. So that's kind yeah, of funny. That is funny. So... We've got some housekeeping stuff to talk about, and then we've got um, a great episode for you. We've got kind of a mishmash of things we're going to talk about, but we're going to end it with um, a discussion about how drugs and alcohol can play into dating and relationships, mm -hmm. and how we personally have dealt with that, and how that has affected our relationships, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're getting there, so stay tuned with that. Quick update on the merchandise. So we've got the green and gray Hello and Goodbye dad sweatshirts that yep. are available. Um, I do have a couple that are already made. Um, and then otherwise I'll have to order them and then I'll send them to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, the sweatshirts are $45 plus $6 shipping. I've got the Hello and Goodbye mugs, $18 plus $6 shipping. And then we've got the Hello and Goodbye baseball hats only hats to be ever made ever <laughs> yes two, two for sale two green somewhat shiny no not two there's there's like 12 of them oh really yes i thought there was a, oh no there's 12 of them oh for sale 12 selling hats. them for ten dollars yes. plus shipping yes um and by the way guys all of this merchandise is available on the website so you can find everything on the website you can find our episodes the patreon account um you can follow our instagram feed if you're not on social media we each wrote cute bios we of did yeah. yeah you can 
you can read our bios. Mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, you can purchase this. I did have to, shipping is not cheap and I am not a big company. So it's $6 shipping for the first item. It's additional $2 for each item after that, which I mm -hmm. think is still very reasonable. But anyway. I support that business decision. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so then um, if you go to our Patreon account, you can sign up and support us that way if you don't want merchandise. It's five bucks a month for the lowest tier, the Busy Bee, the Hustle & Bee, it's $15. That's when you start to get those bonus episodes that we've put in there. And then the Swag Bee, $30, that includes the bonus episodes, social media follow, and an exclusive Hello and Goodbye hat which I w haven't created yet because I need to sell these other hats. <laughs> so anyway, um, by the way, those of you guys who have bought merchandise or who have signed on for the Patreon, thank you. Thank like, you. Thank you yes. so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm just, I'm very grateful that I feel, it makes me feel appreciated. Yes, we yeah. love doing the show. Um, and we appreciate like the connection with people who listen to the show. And, but it's a lot of time and work and you spend money every month out of your own yes. pocket to be able to put the show up. And so your support, rating, reviewing, uh, telling a friend, but you know, especially the stuff like the Patreon or the merch or whatever, all that stuff really helps. So, yeah. and yeah. we love all of you. So yeah, thanks. it can be overwhelming for me and especially like with COVID and some business loss and a job loss and a retreat loss and then mm. all of getting surgery. And now, um, speaking of spending money, Olive is getting second surgery. Oh. Um, she will have, by the time this airs, she will have had it on Tuesday. So basically when I was in Zion with my boyfriend, um, my mother was watching Olive and you know, as Olive has been feeling better and better and better, she started just having more energy and my mom was in the kitchen making something and Olive just got up really quickly and re-injured the original injury leg. So not the leg that she had surgery on. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just long story short, I knew like it just, she needed it done. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's too much of try and heal it and then re-injured and try and heal it and re-injured. Oh. She's in pain. She's five years old. She'd be able, should be able to run and play. So, um, so I called the vet on Monday. They had a cancellation for surgery on October. I guess it would be, uh, the sixth. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing it. Wow. We're just, we're going to do it. So it's going to be, you know, eight more weeks of super, restrictive plans and not as much freedom for either of us, but I think it'll be really worth it. Like I'm really, I'm honestly like just grateful that I have the opportunity to be able to like help her feel better. Like my mom's going to help me out a little bit. My uncle's going to help me out a little bit. And you know, um, I just, I think I know that her health is important. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers for all of Thank you. Yeah. I will, I'll keep you guys updated, um, to let you know how she does. The can I ask episode. you a side question? Sure. What is something I can say that's not thoughts and prayers because thoughts and prayers is such a cliche. Thing. I know. I really hate it. I yeah. hate it. I hate it so much, but, but also like, like I get it. Yeah. Like you want to, <clears throat> when it's. Like, you know, what, what should I say for Olive in this specific situation? You know what I would do? Well, first of all, because prayer is not everybody prays, yes. right? And it's it it baffles me that people say thoughts and prayers when they don't pray. Like, it's all, mm, like, you know, kind of like, 
What I say normally, like to, I don't know why I just said thoughts and prayers there, but like what I will normally say, like if somebody, somebody at work or something like that, like has a something happening with their family or whatever, I, or like they have a pet getting surgery or something, I'll be like sending like positive energy yes. your way or like sending positive healing vibes to Olive. Like, yeah, that's whatever. what I would say is like, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Um, you know, I will be thinking about you guys and sending you love. Oh, that's a that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, um, and then I think the last thing on the housekeeping is oh no, I talked about the website. Oh, this week on the website, I'm going to put a link to our sponsor for the show, V Fresh. So remember, V Fresh offers our listeners a one-time 10% off code, um, all capitals, hello 2020. You can go to www.vfresh.com, V is V-E-E, um, to get 10% off. They have uh, uh, products that help balance the vaginal pH and help keep us healthy and mm -hmm. strong and products for UTIs. And they have a gentle cleansing wash now. And so anyway, if you forget about the code or if you want to just find them, I'm going to put the link up on the website. Oh, perfect. So that'll be up there for you guys to have them. So make sure to go check them out as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lovely. I think that's it. I think so. So we want to update. Yeah. And Jared, you're going to go first. Sure. Yeah, you know, everything's fine. Whatever. Wait, However, you can't see that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, but uh, a fun story is that uh, I went to like the kind of Torrey Pines, La Jolla area this weekend okay. with the person I'm seeing. So La Jolla is like San Diego. Yes. Wait, did you go to Black's Beach? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, so we did a hike that was like, you you go down yes. at Black's Beach and you hike along the beach, then you go up into Torrey Pines. And Got like it. And then back. And for folks who don't know, Black's Beach is a clothing optional beach. Mm -hmm. And so it was so funny because well, neither of us brought swimsuits, but we had like beach stuff, like a, a blanket to sit on and a little like thing. Wait, did you guys go knowing you'd be nude? Well, we, we left all of that in the car. Like, and we just thought we were gonna hike. We didn't really think, we didn't like plan to mm -hmm. swim or whatever. Although I think that she had thought about it mm -hmm. uh, because when we were on a previous trip, she had never been skinny dipping. And I'm like, being in water naked is like the best feeling in the world mm -hmm. you know and so then we were out somewhere and we were able to be in water naked so then she was like wow you're right so i think she was thinking oh so you it. guys got fully naked well she was thinking about it when she planned this hike for us right oh okay we got fully naked somewhere else on another trip like oh i see i see, I see. okay yeah. got it so so we do the hike and then it was like really hot or sweaty or whatever. And we left all of our beach stuff in the car for some reason. And for the people who don't know, like you hike like way down a cliff. Oh, it's crazy. And you was like 20 minutes huffing and puffing back up this yes. cliff to yes. get to the car. So we were like, no way. But on the way back, I was like, I am 100% down to like get naked and get in the ocean. And she was like, me too. And so we did it. It was fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My, my best friend, Michelle, who was on episode nine, she's all, she's been begging me to go down with her and go to the nude beach. So I was there one time mm -hmm. when I did my yoga, my yoga training in San Diego. And I went to Black's Beach with my girlfriend and we went down there and took like some photos mm -hmm. like on the beach. So I didn't get in the water and I didn't strip completely down. Mm -hmm. I just did like the top portion 
But um, what I noticed, (laughs) so we're definitely more nude men than women. That's true, yeah. And I saw so much pubic hair. Oh, see, that's so weird because I had the opposite thing. I was like, wow, apparently if you go to the nude beach, like... You shave your pubes. Like there was, there was a guy with so much pubic hair. I swear he had like what are those little, those little plants that you buy that they there grows like you. It's a thing. It's like an animal. Like a chia pet. Chia pet. Yeah. It looked like he had like a chia pet. Like it was the most pubic hair I've ever seen. Really. So yes. I mean, my the my just basic impression was like there was you know like your older like hippieish types. Uh, yes, definitely. And then, like, a lot of, like, beautiful gay men. Yes. Like that, you know, like, it's like a scene. Yes. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, and there were a few women. But, yeah. But yeah, not yeah. not a ton of them were fully naked. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wait, I okay, I have a question about this. Yeah. Because for women, if we get excited, we get wet. You can't, nobody can tell. Yeah. Unless you're like dripping down your leg. I love that you, because I was thinking about this okay. too. What? I mean, do, what if you get a boner? So, okay. I was thinking this as I'm like, I'm like, oh, what's the like etiquette? You're just, you're just like walking down the beach, just like straight up, like, <laughs> full so, of So, okay. I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, what would be the etiquette if someone did get turned on and got a boner? Like, would you be, like, would people be like, hey, like, get that thing out of here. You know, like, would people be like, yeah, you because know, like you can't really. I mean, I guess you're not supposed like, to be like creeping and like themselves. looking at people or whatever, right? Yeah. But I saw. Okay, I saw as we're walking. I think after we had swam and then we like just sat on my yeah. shirt and like dried off enough to like put our clothes back on and we were like chatting for like a half hour and then we hiked back the way we came and we're walking and there's a guy talking to a woman. And she was topless, and he's fully naked, and they're like, it looked like they were there together or whatever. Yeah. And like, he had a boner. What? Yeah. And I was like, and I like, because like, okay, right, right, okay, hang on, because when you're at the nude beach, like, you don't want to, you shouldn't be like, like leering at people and like, you know, like staring at people's junk or whatever. That's part of the thing. You're just like, you know, you like kind of like. Every, you know, everyone has a body, like, you're not... So I didn't... I couldn't, like, turn around and be like, what is the deal with this? Like, but he definitely, like... Because with dicks, like, you can tell, like, if... You can the tell dick if there's... pointing straight out. Yeah. Like, you can even tell if it's half mass. Yeah. I so, mean, it's, like, starting to... It was pointing forward. straight out. Wow! I was just, like... Yeah, that is crazy. And I just, I just sort of like walked by and didn't. I had to like, but in my mind, I was like, that was the thing that I was wondering, like, what would happen if someone had a boner? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess like you can't help what your reaction is going to be, right? Like for men, like you can't necessarily for men. men I think it would be shitty to like shame someone or something like that, right? Because don't you have a? Sometimes you just can't control your boner, right? Yeah. Sometimes you get hard for like no reason. Yeah. Okay. But if someone's over there, like, jacking themselves off... Yeah, that's a problem. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. That's a sex crime. <laughs> oh, speaking of, Zach and I... Well, he's already seen it, but he has me started watching the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Oh, boy. It is, like, I had... We watched, like, a episode and a half. Um, if you're not sure who Jeffrey Epstein is, basically, he's this really 
prominent like wealthy man and um it was it just like a pedophile yeah you know just used and abused tons of underage women and so anyway it was so creepy to me that like, cause we were watching it to like 11.30 at night or even like 12.15. I couldn't, I made Zach stay up with me and talk about like, we watched SNL and we like, we watched all these different things. Cause I couldn't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very like the reason I watch romantic comedies and comedies, like I can't like movies and documentaries and things like that. They affect me for days. Yeah. Like I think about them for days. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I couldn't sleep. So we were probably up till two laughing and giggling about other stuff anyway that just made me think of it so i know i'm super late to the game because i think didn't that come out like a year ago or something but it's super creepy yeah and awful and terrible going back to nude beach conversation if people have like if any of our listeners have like know the nude beach like etiquette and the rules about having a boner or not get at us yes please. no because you're right i think it would be i think it would be shitty to shame somebody but also like I feel like that's a bit of a, it's like a bit of a faux pas, yeah. right? Like you don't want to have a, bo- you know, sure. like, I mean, like but the same, obviously way, he didn't the same way it would be a faux pas it. to be like really like or just leering put a towel at somebody over it. or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Uh, by the way, that would be kind of fun to hear from you guys about any funny stories you have from being on a nude beach. Yeah. So any, guys, any stories you have, I would love to start sharing stories or if you guys have questions so you know we have an email info at hello by mm-hmm. so you can always email us or find us on instagram yeah or dm one of us yeah, or whatever totally yep. so the other thing so this will lead into my update yeah the other thing that i started watching this week that my best friend michelle is so proud of me about is Shit's creek oh people love that show i finally started because i had started like a couple years ago and i just couldn't get into it mm. but then when I when I ask on Instagram, like what shows are you guys? Shit's Creek comes up multiple yes. times. Everyone is obsessed. Multiple with it. times. Yes. And the Emmys, did we just have the Emmys? Yes. They won like everything. Yes. Okay, so I'm like, all right, I just need to just watch this. So I was told, Zach told me, because he's into it, that you get past season one. Season two gets better, and then season three, and then they just keep getting better and better, which is unusual because, like, usually shows kind of, they have their peak, and then they get worse and worse. Yep. I'm just loving it. It's so funny. I kind of do Moira's accent well, because basically we were looking it up, like, she created her own accent from listening to all these different accents. She's, like, this really, like, ostentatious, like, woman in the show. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I do her accent now around the house. Or the the daughter, Alexis, is like... If Zach asked me to be like, mm, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, please never do that again. <laughs> but anyway, highly recommend. You should get into it. Each episode's only 20 minutes long. All right, I'll check they go out. super fast. There's only like maybe 12 or 13 episodes per season. I'm already on season mm-hmm. three. I started like three days ago. Mm. So anyway, it's funny. Yeah. And it's it's cool because we also looked into it. So I should look up their names. The Levies. Do you yeah, know who Eugene, is? Eugene. Eugene and Daniel Levy? I don't know. Oh, guys. I'm sorry. I don't have this information. But the Levies, so there's a dad and a son, created this show together because they wanted to have a family show that supported the LGBTQ community. Mm. Uh, because they're, the, the son on the show is pansexual. Oh, cool. And so they just kind of make it like, like it's nothing 
you yeah. know like it's just part of it and so it was kind of one of the first family shows to like really incorporate that that's so cool yeah okay so what's happening with you other than Shit's creek well i was going to tell you guys about olive so that's mm -hmm. happening and then the Shit's creek thing was very important <laughs> <laughs> but i was going to tell you something so I know I had mentioned it in a couple episodes, you know, but Zach and I get in fights. Uh-huh. And there was one fight that we had about a month ago. I do pretty well for the first part of the fight. Like, I can hold myself together and be mm. super calm. But there was a moment that I just lost it. <laughs> I can only stay put together for so long. Anyway... Long story short, please don't judge me. I got super mad and I stood up and I grabbed my my phone and I threw it at the door and broke it. Mm. So not at him. Just no, 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 no. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't throw yeah. it at him. I threw it at the door. I went into the bathroom and then, of course, I came out and apologized. And we ended up working it out, obviously. Yeah. But it was not a great moment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have said that I struggle with depression, anxiety, part of it is a mood disorder. And I do have a hard time with my moods, like really mm -hmm. keeping them without exacerbation. Yeah. Anyway, I have insurance on my phone and the whole back, the phone was working, but the whole back of it was cracked. And so I just made an appointment right now, like you can't go to the Apple store because of COVID. So you have to make an appointment with Best Buy and go to someone at the Genius Bar mm. and then they do it for you. So I made an appointment, well, couldn't get in for two weeks. So no. I finally went in yesterday and of course I was late. So I was like the last customer that they helped and they, thank goodness they had the right phone and so he replaced it. And I said, he's like, yeah, that's a really bad crack. And I said, do you wanna know what happened <laughs> he was like uh yeah totally and i said well wait a second will that affect whether or not i was just gonna say i said that. will that affect whether or not i get a new phone he's like nope not not at all and i said okay i said basically i got in a really big fight with my boyfriend and i threw it at the door and he goes yeah i get about five of those a day <laughs> wow. Wow. and he was being he was yeah. like, he was like, you should hear these stories that I, that I hear, like, or you should hear the stories that I get. Um, he was like, there was this couple that came in one time. She had, was trying to get his phone because he was doing something on it that she needed to see. And so he took it and just like threw it on the ground so that she wouldn't be able to see it. Wow. And so then they had to go in together and he said like the look on her face like the whole time anyway That's so it great. the point of it is it made me Maybe feel that, better yeah that i am not the only girlfriend that's true throwing their phone i think the ultimate move would be you throw your phone at your partner's phone and you take out both phones <laughs> like that would be that's the real like well the reason our pinnacle. relationship lasted is because i did not throw his phone uh-huh that's true i threw my phone yes um no wasn't a great highlight for me or wasn't a great moment for me and i actually did that one time when i was married too i remember i took my phone and i threw it so it is something you know that i get a little bit of that if i really come to a breaking point it's a little bit of that kind of like i can't control what's going to happen yeah you know so again i am medicated for that but um so i do the best i can well and and you you did control right like it's it, that's you you did something that was not going to harm a person 
Right. Right. And you're not breaking his stuff. Right. So, so right. you are controlling in a way. But I, and I, I totally get that because, you know, when you care about someone, when those feelings run deep, like it hits those deep places in you and it can really take you to a to a really raw place. Yes. Where it's easy to get like stirred up in yeah. a, in a, you know, in a really kind of extreme way sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like we didn't spend an hour just screaming and cussing at each other and me yeah. going around his apartment and throwing things up. It was that one moment I went to the bathroom, I came out and then I apologized and kind of recuperated and then it took us a while to, to figure it out, but we got it. You know, it's just, it's um, fighting is, you know what? We should totally do an episode about that, about sure. how fighting in relationships. Oh, uh, spoiler alert. I know I had mentioned this before, but we're going to record with Dr. Morgan. So, so an episode coming up will be about dialoguing in mm. a relationship and setting boundaries. So hopefully it doesn't get to this point. But anyway, I think almost, you know, it just differs with different relationships of what is being triggered. And sometimes mm -hmm. the fighting doesn't start till later. Yeah. Sometimes it starts in the beginning. But I always think it's something that can be worked on. Yes. And like, I don't ever want to be this person that's like, oh, we got in a couple of fights. Like, that's it. I'm I'm over this. Because, yeah. like, that's not really what you want. Yeah. That's you putting up a wall because you've been hurt. And then you're walking away because you just don't want to deal with it anymore. Yes. Like, there's no such thing. Like, no conflict. Like, like an absence of conflict is not healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... Like, then two people are, like, you're either dancing around each other or something like that, right? Like, if you're both being your full selves, like, you're going to bump into each other occasionally or toes are going to get stepped on or someone's feelings are going to get hurt accidentally and like and saying that it's a fight like it doesn't mean like oh now we have to yell at each other and say mean things but it's like hey i need to talk to you about this thing like yes. that really hurt my feelings or yes you know like that was that felt really inconsiderate or whatever it is right yes yeah yeah totally so i think before we get into the main topic really quick i want to talk about voting voter registration, yes. um, the upcoming election. We're not going to spend a ton of time here, and yep. we're not here to persuade you who to vote for. Yep. Everybody has their own opinion, and I know on this show we talk about how Black Lives Matter, and uh, we support the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. and we want a democracy and someone <laughs> that... Uh, believes in the Constitution. Believes in the Constitution. No, I, mean, I would say, yeah, and, and in like a nonpartisan way, right? Like, we, you know, this show is about connecting in relationships and kindness and all that good stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I know that... Like, I know this show is not big enough for us to really be like, we can say whatever we want without consequences. Because, guys, just to be very transparent, like, we have a lot of one-star ratings. We oh, have we have yeah. a lot of five-star ratings, but for some reason, we're being really hit with those one-stars. So please go subscribe, rate, and review. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star. If you have a friend, grab their phone, give us a five-star. But I think part of that, I think some of it can be, you know, some other stuff. But I think some of it may be political stuff. Be, that we yeah. And we're two strong-willed people, so we probably just rub people the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, we, you know? we talked in, like, a recent episode how that happens to us in our personal lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> how we're, like, polarizing things. Yeah, so what I'm saying is we're going to vote for Biden and Harris. Yeah. Not because I'm a huge Biden fan. Definitely for... Female, a female vice president. I wish we had a female president 
presidential mm -hmm. candidate. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm just, I think that voting for Biden-Harris, you're I'm, voting for things that are going to help our society become a better society, including the acknowledgement of climate change, mm. the working towards making our climate better, the equality of women, of gays, of trans, of black people, mm -hmm. and, and working together as a society to become one and try and decrease the division in yeah. our nation. Yeah. And I just personally can't vote for a candidate who can't publicly condemn white supremacists. I mean, I think people who listen to the show understand where we stand and what we support and everything like that. And, and I do think that everyone should vote, even if you don't agree with us. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when I talk to, when I think about the more conservative people in my family and in my life, you know, it's important to remember that like people who, who have different ideologies and political opinions than me, like that doesn't make them my enemy. Right. Right. And actually like that's a big part of why I'm voting the way I'm voting is because like we have to remember like we're, we're worse as a country when we're so divisive and, and angry at each other. And it seems like, you know, that's, that's part of, what seemed to be on display during the debate. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think know. I think that's a good way to put it. I think that in the past four years, there has just been a ton of division in the country. Yeah. You know, again, not a huge Biden fan. Do I wish we would have picked a better candidate? Yes. Yeah. Um, but this is what we have. This yeah. is what we have. And I think it's not just, you're not voting for Biden you're voting for democracy. You're mm -hmm. voting for a chance for the Senate and the House of Representatives and, and other people to be able to have voices again. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so um, by the way, uh, just a quick tip. I had a listener uh, message me that just wants you guys to remind to make sure you are still registered to vote because she went online and there was some complication and they had her not registered to vote. So. Just make sure, like, go online and see if you're registered. If you're not, register. There's things all over everywhere. Like, you sign on to Instagram, it's like, register yeah. to vote. Yeah. You know, so make sure you're registered. Your voice matters. Go out and vote. Even if you're going to vote Trump, go out and vote. Yep. You know, you know where we stand. We still respect and love you. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay, so... The reason that this topic came up is because I was texting Jared mm -hmm. on Friday night. Oh, I see. Okay. I texted you on Friday night and I was like, hey. So you mean the topic of talking about alcohol and drugs yes. in relationships? Yes. yes. Sorry. So I'm transitioning into yes. the main topic. Okay. So I had texted Jared on Friday night and I was like, hey, I'm having some writer's block. Do you have any ideas? What should we record on for Sunday? Mm -hmm. and he didn't respond so then the next day i'm like ha not only am i having writer's block but i don't have a phone because i had turned my phone in and my other phone wasn't set up yet or whatever so i get on my laptop i'm like hey did you get my text yesterday what should we talk about or whatever and then I think you respond. Did I have to call you or did you respond? No, I, I texted back. You texted back and you said, hey, sorry, I was high. 
Yeah. So then Jared was like, yeah, yeah, sorry, I was high. And then he's like, I've got some ideas, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So then I was like, huh. I said, well, what do you think about doing an episode talking about like drugs and drinking and how mm -hmm. that affects dating and our relationships? Because I have actually very, a lot of examples of how that's affected. And I think, you know, I think it, it varies if you're sober. Like, what do you do on first dates? How yeah. do you approach that? Can you be in a relationship with someone who's not sober? If you are a really hard partier and into hardcore drugs, like, mm -hmm. is that someone you could be with? Um, can, you know, so anyway, I think it's a kind of an interesting topic. And I'll just start with an example from my marriage. So, you know, you guys know I grew up super conservative Christian. I did not have a sip of anything until I was 21. Good for you. <laughs> Ugh. What a prude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it was drinking was never something that was super prominent in my household. Mm -hmm. Because now my dad does drink, so we do drink. We're, mm -hmm. we're not. My dad was a pastor, but it's not like we're not against alcohol. Yep. He just didn't drink a lot as a pastor because he wanted to make sure he wasn't like giving off the wrong image, kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Mm -hmm. But when he retired, he started brewing his own beer. And so, you know, beer was in the house and, but it was never, it wasn't like, okay, sit down and have a cocktail. We're gonna make, you know, happy hour cocktails or get a bottle of wine for every dinner. It was nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And when we went out to eat, we didn't get drinks either because mm -hmm. we couldn't afford them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I got married, kind of the same thing, we really didn't, do a lot of drinking. Yeah, you had no booze at your wedding. Which we had no booze at my wedding. I would have ended our friendship. We <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't afford to get alcohol when we went out to eat. We didn't yep. go out to eat that much. Yep. And we were heavily involved in like the youth group and church for a while, and there's no drinking there. Mm -hmm. So I just noticed as our marriage progressed, as the years progressed, that my ex-husband was just he wanted to come home from work and sit down and make himself a glass of whiskey or have a beer or a couple mm -hmm. beers or whatever and it started becoming a normal thing and it started making me feel uncomfortable interesting because it wasn't something i was used to and addiction does run in my family mm -hmm. my grandfather was an alcoholic my grandmother was an alcoholic both on my dad's side and my dad while he he has tendencies but he works really hard not to be mm -hmm. so to me it's not hard not to drink mm -hmm. now i can more confidently say that before my divorce <laughs> post-divorce <laughs> and you guys will hear about that more in my story part three but i was i there was a time where i was drinking a bottle of wine a night by myself wow yeah so i mean obviously i probably have tendencies too mm -hmm. i mean i'm a very uh, I kind of, you know, I bite, I've bit my nails since I was five. Mm -hmm. it, but, so I think that's me. I think there was a fear with it. Like there was fear. So is it that he wanted you to drink with him? No. But you were like, oh no, what does this mean? Is he going to like start this descent into addiction I just and alcoholism? Didn't, I just or? didn't like that we were at home and we didn't need to be drinking because to me, drinking was a social thing. Interesting, yeah. And why wasn't my company enough? Kind of, I mean, like, yeah. you know, just yeah. all those things. Like, well, why d couldn't he just be sober? 
Yeah. Like, why didn't... And, you know, granted, at this time, I'd never had weed either. Mm. Right? So, yeah. like, I mean, I was as straight edge as you could get. Yep. I'm still pretty straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, it became a point of discussion where I would tell him, hey, like, I don't like this. And so then his reaction, because this is kind of, like, how he did things, was like, well, I'm never going to drink again. You know, because he felt like he was being told what to do or whatever. Yeah. And my thing was just like, I don't care if you drink, but just like, maybe not every night. Or maybe like if you drink a beer, just like one beer. I don't is know. That, okay. It, is is that still something for you? Like if you <sighs> were dating someone new and they were like, yeah, I have like a glass of wine or two glasses of wine just about every single night. So I think one to two, I would be fine. I think any more than that, I think it would bother me. I I, I personally would not be able to date someone that smokes weed every day. Mm-hmm. I just personally, that's not going to work for me. And it's not, there's no judgment. Like I've smoked weed. Like yeah. I've taken edibles and I drink alcohol. Um, but for me, I don't need it every day. Yeah. And I feel like there's a part of it that's a coping mechanism, right? Yep. And so I don't feel comfortable with that being used as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And so then I feel out of control because it's not in my control. And then I would feel like I'd need to control the other person. And that wouldn't work. I see. So my current partner I don't, there's no issues because he just doesn't drink at home just to drink. Like if I come over and I'll be like, Hey, do you want to get a bottle of wine? He'd be like, sure. Yeah. And then we'll have like a bottle of wine. Like if we go out, we'll have some alcohol, but it's never, it's never just like whatever we do, we have to have alcohol or we have to have drugs or every night we're drinking or whatever. And again, not to judge people who choose to do that. But I just think for me, I'd prefer other coping methods. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How? What are your thoughts on all of that? Do you? Do I sound super controlling? No, not at all. I mean, I think I think you know, like the, this is the reason on apps like Bumble and Hinge, right? It asks you these questions, and you put it on your profile. You know, of like, do you drink alcohol? Do you smoke weed? And then there's like the pill. There's like for other drugs or something mm-hmm. like that. You know. And it also tells you a lot based on if people don't have the answers to those questions, you can like infer like, well, yeah, you can even, if you don't even want that to put that on your profile, like yeah. when I was, when I, cause I had like a vape pen for a while, like mm-hmm. for weed. And then I, Oh, would, I remember that phase. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I, but it wasn't something that I needed to do. Yeah. So I could, if I met a partner that wasn't comfortable with it, it would be like, okay, I could get rid of it. So I didn't put it on my profile. Yeah. Because then I, it would weed out someone that didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, and and the other thing too is like, like sometimes that's how people like to be together with yes. people that they care about, right? Yes. Like, let's go and share a bottle of wine together, and that's something that's really important to be able to do that with my partner, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, and I get that, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah, so it's interesting because you know you and I both care about our health. Mm-hmm. Like in a holistic sense, right? Yes. Physical, emotional, spiritual, all that stuff. Um, my experience is the opposite from yours. So I I have addiction and mental health stuff on both sides of my family. I have, but both sides of my family are like drinking families. Like mm. 
loud and boisterous and like whatever, right? And that's beautiful. I have a very complicated relationship with alcohol, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's because of the family history and it's also because, you know, there's an- another major risk factor is how young you were when you started. Mm. Um, and I see this all the time in students I work with. Like, you know, I always ask if I'm talking with a student about an issue that has something to do with alcohol. I ask, you know, how old were you when you first got drunk? And if it's like, you know, senior year of high school, 17 years old, whatever, like, okay, 16, okay. You know, but then when people are like 13, Mm. like then it's like, you know, then, and the research shows that that person has a much higher likelihood of developing like long-term substance use Mm. issues. I started drinking when I was 14. Hmm. So it was freshman year and like, actually ironically with like the kids from youth group, from like church. (laughs) All of my school friends were like super, you know, like nerdy Mm -hmm. and good kids. And then like the like older cool kids in the youth group like thought I was funny and invited me to parties and were like, we're gonna get you drunk. So I have to be really careful with alcohol in my life because it can go to an unhealthy place for me. And that's part of actually why I care about my job. Like a lot of my job is education and Mm. and, uh, talking and engaging with students around alcohol and drugs and Mm. substance use and all these things, right? And you know, what I teach is like harm reduction, right? It's like with every drug, there are positive effects that you like. That's why people take them. Mm And then there's negative detrimental effects that you don't like, right? Mm-hmm. And to, and what I try to do with students is help them have, you know, a healthy relationship with substances involves like, okay, how do we maximize the good things that I like and minimize the bad things that I don't like? And that's going to be different for everyone, but usually like moderation is a really important, you know, point or is, is a important strategy for most people. For me, though, I'm the opposite. I don't need to drink every day. I can go and have gone months, you know, without drinking. It's when I start drinking, I have to be careful. Like, I want to keep... Like, something in my mind is like, oh, like, we're drinking. Because that's how I learned to drink, too. Mm. Like, you know, like, I was in a fraternity in college, and it was just like... And I think I'm just excitable. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, especially when I'm, like, with people, I'm like... Ooh, like, let's party. Like, let's have fun. Yes. Like, let's keep going, you know? And so... Does that... So, thank you for being mm-hmm. open about that. Sure. Does that... Uh, like, how does that play into dating? Like, are there girls in the past, women... Are there women in the past that you've dated that kind of trigger you to do that more? That Like, is there a right or wrong? Like, can you date a pretty hard partier? Hmm. I mean, it's interesting, as we were, like, thinking about recording the show, four or five years ago, I would have said that, like, I couldn't date someone who didn't drink. Mm. Because it's such a part of my socialization. And it was such a part of, like, because especially once I got into my career, like, I, I ha- have a pretty high-stress, fast-paced job. Lots of, like, dealing with kind of crisis situations and stuff, and it can be a lot of hours. And so for a long time, especially early in my career, I was still on this like, work my ass off all week, just be like completely absorbed by work. And then on the weekend I would go into Philly and just like party with my friends and like blow it out, right? Mm. And like, 
and then like wash, rinse, repeat, right? And so, so it was part of my stress relief and how I like to sort of quote unquote relax or whatever. And it was a big part of my socializing. Now, Jared, today, I think I would prefer a partner who used less rather than a partner who used more, mm-hmm. I think. Right, like, and actually the worst partner for me, I feel like is the person that wants to have a drink every single day. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, I don't wanna like see it or think about it. And then on the, rare, so now I probably drink maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. And when I do, like I, I'm in control, right? Like I never drive, I never, you know, like, I'm not doing things that I later regret. It's just, I just don't like the toll on my body. Mm-hmm. And and I think when I'm with someone, I get into like, dr- like drinking Jared mode mm. and it sort of pulls me away from them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In an interesting way. I'm like, I'm a pretty fun drinking buddy, I think. Um, oh, you're so fun. That's what I said. <laughs> like, whenever you're at a party. Yeah. Oh, uh, side, side. Yeah. Uh, point? Side note. Sure. Side note. Thank yeah. you. Uh, my birthday's coming up. I know. I forgot to talk about that. Yeah. It'll be uh, Thursday, October 15th, and we're going to go downtown on the 16th. Not to like bars and party or whatever. We're going to have an outdoor nice dinner. social distance dinner. Yes. Responsible. And Jared obviously is invited, which will make the party of four of us <laughs> so much funner. <laughs> It'll be fun. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Oh, but- uh, send me presents. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so it's really, it's really complicated for me. And like, so like marijuana is like the same for me, you know, it's, it's legal where we are obviously like recreationally if you're over 21. And so, um, I use that fairly occasionally, but it's interesting because I'm like, I was thinking about this earlier today. I'm like, maybe I should like sort of use weed more and alcohol less. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I agree with what you're saying exactly about like um that like the substance is like a crutch to get to a sense of feeling okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) and feeling connected to people and the best moments in my life i mean i have wonderful memories that have alcohol related to them but i think the most meaningful moments i have with friends and loved ones and in my life you know, mm-hmm. are completely sort of sober, right? It's like when you get to that connected, alive place without the substances. Like you didn't, you didn't use the cheat code, and so it's like more meaningful. Yes, I don't know. I, no, I totally agree. And that was what I was going to say: is there's nothing that's more special than having like a laugh attack mm. when you're sober. Like yeah. you just can't stop laughing like you know you're so tired you start laughing and then you can't and it's like your stomach hurts but like and and you're sober yeah you know because then i think about it well i when i get high that's my go-to is like i just start laughing at that's the best thing about using weed yeah oh about using cannabis there was one (laughs) time this is a funny story there's one time i went downtown with my girlfriends and i had taken an edible well, I had taken the same amount that I had usually taken in the past, but I think it was just, it must have had like, yeah, cause I cut be it in half, I got yeah. like a stronger dose or whatever. I was so high that I was in the parking lot of one of our restaurants. 
I couldn't move because I was laughing so hard and I had to zip my legs together to try not to pee because I was laughing so hard. So I'm just in the middle of this parking lot by myself. That's great. <laughs> trying not to pee. I couldn't stop laughing. My girlfriends are just like, Leanna, come to the car. <laughs> anyway, um, but you know, and so you can have fun moments. Yes. Right? And I, but also, there's, like you said, there's something special to being sober. And it's like, you know, all these beautiful moments that we have in life, like this hiking that I did in Zion and going to a waterfall, like, you don't need alcohol for that. You don't need to be high for that. You know, there's some people that get high and they go on runs or they get high and they go on hiking and, and that's fine. I remember I dated mm -hmm. a guy who was really, really into weed and we had um, been making out or no, we, we had been hanging on this friends and then we, and then he like went, came to my apartment and we had gotten high with our other friends and then we started making out. And so we're like on the bed making out and he goes, well, do you want to like take another hit? And I was like, why? Like we're. Well, see now that's interesting because Dan Savage in Savage Love, like will often talk about for people that have a lot of hang up sexually or they're wanting to try something new with their partner but they're nervous about it or whatever he'll be like smoke a little weed like it because it, it, it does it can help people like be more in their bodies and sometimes totally. be a little less in their heads yes but for me sometimes it puts me more in my head which i don't like well i mean you know? like if you're gonna have anal for the first time you gotta be drunk right <laughs> is that is that responsible <laughs> advice to you getting on this show Wow, you believe that so fully, like you really committed. Use coconut oil, you guys. It's the best. It's the okay. Yeah, because it's like it's natural, right? Mm -hmm. It's also very slippery. Mm -hmm. It's and so it doesn't like um, clam up. Anyway, clam up. Use use coconut oil and have some alcohol if you drink. So so obviously, mm -hmm. like if you're sober, if you're living sober, mm -hmm. like great. Yeah. You know, and I and I don't think I've ever met. You know how like if someone's vegan, they're like I'm vegan. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a stereotype. Like yes. not not all vegans are like that. Yes. Hashtag um, not all vegans. Hashtag not all vegans. But I don't think I've ever met someone that's like being snobby about the fact that they're sober. No. So people in recovery are. Uh, it, it it's amazing if you know people in recovery. Like I've gotten to work with students in recovery, and they're like the most amazing mature incredible like 18 year olds you've ever met because if you think about it someone who's had their life ripped apart mm -hmm. by addiction and then put it back together and then a friend of mine who was in recovery who i was working with at the time said it to me this way he's like if you think about think about how much mental effort and energy it takes to maintain an addiction and like hide it from everyone mm. in your life like you have to be so smart mm. and sort of gifted and then when you take a young person and then rather than putting all of their energy and talents and stuff towards that they can put it towards other things in their mm. life um but most people in recovery like are not that out about it mm -hmm. um, because there's such a huge stigma yeah you know well and even people who aren't in recovery but just choose to be sober that's true like yeah. i don't really see them bragging about it either mm. you know like mm. actually i dated a guy who had he was in a uh, like a entertainment business mm -hmm. and a lot of other people in that business 
really struggle with drugs and alcohol. So he made a decision for himself that he just wasn't going to go down that path. Yeah. And so he just decided that. But I said, well, do you care if I get like a glass of wine? And he's like, no, 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 no. So it's like, you know, I think, yeah. I think there's, I think the biggest thing is like, like one, what be honest about what works for you or not. Like there's mm-hmm. no judgment. Like I would never judge someone that did hard drugs and be like, ew, I cannot be with you. Yeah. You know, I would just be like, hey, listen, like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not something that I feel comfortable with mm-hmm. for myself. And so just be honest about that. If you, if you do hard drugs and you can't be with someone who's sober, mm-hmm. then don't be with someone who's sober. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Complicated notions to this. Yeah. It's just figure out what works for you. And if you start dating someone and you think something would work for you, but then you decide that it doesn't like, then you can say that, or you can choose, even if it bothers you, you could choose to ignore it. You know, it's interesting. I, I was talking to a friend and she was saying to me how she recently stopped smoking weed. Mm. She was smoking every day and she realized she was losing her memory. Yeah. She was definitely addicted to it. And she decided she stopped. So she stopped smoking weed. She's been meditating and doing yoga. She says she's been waking up earlier and feeling so much better. Well, I asked her, I said, did your boyfriend ever smoke or does he smoke? She goes, no. She's like, and actually it really bothered him, but he never told me. Wow, yeah. But that's also, some, that person chose to love her, even though it wasn't something that he did. But he's like, okay, well, this comes, it's just something she does, and I love her. Yeah. So, okay. But then when she stopped, he was like, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. That's you know, cool. so yeah. it's, obviously, if there is addiction, mm-hmm. you know, then that's a whole nother, and we don't need to jump in that as well. Of course, But, yeah. you know, that's a whole nother topic of you know how to stay in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone who who has an addiction and or if you have an addiction yeah but i don't know do you have any other thoughts on that i mean it's interesting because i think what you just said about your friend's journey right like going back to recovery i think what's amazing is if you look at aa and any of the 12-step processes right like what's beautiful about them is actually it's not just like how to get enough discipline to like not do this thing that I know is bad for me, right? It's actually like a path to wholeness. Hmm. Like how do I have a like a fulfilling life as a whole person mm-hmm. and kind of accept myself and, and deal with, because for most people, and I, I think that this is true for me, right? Like um, it's a medicator, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, it's actually like a solution to the problem. You know, it's usually a symptom, you know, and the actual underlying problem is it's a nightmare inside of your head. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just feel shitty about yourself. You're anxious all the time, whatever it is. And so the 12 steps and recovery is a way of fixing that. And their prescription mm-hmm. is investing in a community where you can fully be authentic and yourself and have other people hear that and support you mm-hmm. right like that's what meetings are mm-hmm. um, and hear other people's stories and sort of like learn for, and gain strength hope and experience from that mm-hmm. 
And another key ingredient is helping others and mm-hmm. getting help yeah. from others. So Definitely. like you should always have a sponsor mm-hmm. and you should always like, you know, like service is a huge component, mm-hmm. right? And and when I started learning more about this world and working with students who are in recovery, I'm like, everyone should have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone should be doing this. And and your friend's journey, I think, is is so emblematic because what we're looking for now I'm going to get really weird spiritual on you. Okay. But like what we're looking for when we take alcohol and drugs is the same thing that we're looking for when we date. Like we're looking for though being fully in the present moment, being connected, being seen and understood and feeling that like warm glow of like togetherness, you know, as opposed to the like existential like mm-hmm. aloneness. And I think everyone's got to find that in their own way or whatever. But I think, I don't know. I I think for me, like some of the things that I'm trying to do in my life, like, you know, the therapy I've been doing, the meditation I've been doing and all these things has actually changed my relationship to substances in a healthy way. And I don't know. I'm still like, I'm still on that journey. I'm Mm -hmm. in a really conflicted place actually with my own drinking right now. Mm -hmm. So I think... Yes to everything you said, right? Be honest. But also, like, I wonder, wouldn't it be great to, like, live in a world where we didn't have to, like, medicate ourselves in this way? Yes. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, like... No, I totally agree. And we could just be... You know, like, if we had more community around us, if we if we had a culture that valued putting time into others and helped people get connected when they're hurting and suffering with others, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, you know, not everybody struggles with overdoing it. I mean, there are plenty of people out there that can have one glass of wine and that's it. Yeah. And so they're not necessarily medicating. It's just they like the wine, don't you think? That's an interesting point, yes. Yeah, I don't want to project my experience on everything. But also, you know, like, I think people medicate with a million things. Yes. Right? Food, exercise, sex. Correct. Dating, work is like a huge one. Yes. Well, and that's why when I said, when I was talking about my ex-husband's and my, or my experience of my ex-husband, I said, I didn't like that form of coping. Yeah. I am much more comfortable with exercise as a form (laughs) of coping or, you know, something else that, you know, can be a healthier option. Although, you know, over-exercise, overeating, overworking mm-hmm. codependency in a relationship yep. there's so many things there's yep. so many things so i mean yes i love what you're saying but i think also just in this present day right where that's probably not going to happen <laughs> you know i mean i think just be be real and honest with yourself and maybe if this episode hits you in a different way and like maybe you do want to try going a few months without alcohol and see how you feel Mm -hmm. and like again it's not there's nothing wrong with drinking there's nothing wrong with smoking pot and you know drugs is kind of a whole other thing like you know you've got mushrooms and psychedelics Mm -hmm. and then you've got like heroin it's very you know Mm -hmm. opposite and extremes but um i think where it gets gray is when it's overdone, right? Mm, yeah. So 
you know, I think just be aware of what your needs are, what you're looking for in a partner, what makes you feel good. Oh, and one other thing I was thinking of a metaphor that I was, or not a metaphor, but an analogy of what you were talking about, Mm -hmm. how when you exercise and meditate, it makes you have a different relationship with alcohol. For me, like I didn't even really know how to eat healthy for like a lot of my life. Like I didn't really, I grew up in the canned food and the fast food stage or in the stage of life. And so when I started doing yoga, like I started being like, oh wait, I do want to eat like more vegetables. Like I don't want to have chopa ramen every night. Or like even now I'm doing this challenge with bar method in West Hollywood um, and they do zoom classes online and I'm doing this challenge and so I've already done like three classes in three days and it makes me like want to try not to eat a lot of sugar because I'm like putting all this work in yeah I mean I think we've got two different conversations going right (laughs) we've got the conversation of like what's going to work with you in a romantic situation in a relationship and then we've got the conversation that's like well what is working for you what yeah. actually is working for you? Yeah. What's not working for you? And just having like that honest conversation with yourself and and trying to become a better version of and, you. And I also think though, in terms of dating and relationships, like to be very cognizant because we are made to be social creatures and we are so influenced by the things that we are around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen a lot of people in my life like they are substance use habits change based on who on the habits of their partner oh for sure you know oh for sure and i mean and some of that's natural and okay because it might just be like oh wow my you know this new person i'm dating brews beer and i've gotten really into like all the different kinds of beers now and like blah 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 and like this is something that we share and bond over great but also just like have some of that radar for yourself Mm -hmm. to be like oh like i am drinking more and like how does my body feel and whatever. And like, if it's great for you, then great. And if it's not, then like be thoughtful. about Yeah. And just be honest, be like, Hey, listen, like, thanks for the offer, but I think I'm just going to take some time off drinking. Yeah. And if that person makes you feel bad about it, then stop seeing that person. Yeah. And I would say that if you want to stop or if you're like, if you like me sort of wrestle with this, um, there was actually a cool sort of movement slash group, out of Australia that started out of Australia and New Zealand called Hello Sunday Morning. Mm. And it was specifically about people who kind of like learned to binge drink and then go into the working world in their like early 20s and then continue to do that. And it's like, you know, it's more of like, so they don't really use like, oh, if you're an alcoholic or whatever, but if you're just in this pattern and their, their thing is to do a 90 day challenge of like, going completely sober and it's not like this big thing like oh you're an alcoholic you have to stop or whatever it's like no 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 so you know maybe you've identified that some of your relationship with this thing is a little out of whack so go 90 days you know bring some other stuff into your life in those 90 days and it kind of like recalibrates you and like Mm -hmm. resets and if you choose to go back to drink after that that's you know like there's no yeah. Like this group, there's no stigma on that. They're not trying to get people to stop drinking. And the chances are, if you go back to drinking after the 90 days, like you will probably have like a healthier time of sure. it or whatever, right? And, and that's, it's true in science that like um, 
addiction and even heavy substance use or, or alcohol or drug abuse changes the wiring in your brain and makes you like among other things right makes it more difficult to resist impulse mm. right so like your overuse of substance impairs the very thing that will help you stop using substances mm. right interesting yeah and the brain doesn't start to rewire those pathways until 90 days mm. so so if anyone wants to do a 90 day challenge I might be starting one Ooh. maybe after your birthday <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're definitely getting drunk on my birthday okay. <laughs> after all that talk. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is if this is something. Well, and that was probably really insensitive me to say because you're saying how you struggle with it. I'm like, no, you're getting drunk on my birthday. No, you're fine. No, no but I mean, like, it's hard, though, because we associate celebration with yes. drinking. Yeah. Right. And it does it. There's nothing like having a couple drinks in you and just feeling loose. And like, yeah you know, maybe you're going to go out in the middle of the street and dance and you don't care what people think. And there, there's that aspect of it, you know, and it, it is captivating. Yes. Right. But that's, that's the thing I'm saying though. Like, right. What you just described is fully alive, fully in the present moment, not in your head. Or like, Oh, what are people going to think? Yeah. You're, you know, fully just authentic, spontaneous, connected to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's where we all want to get all the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, alcohol is great. And marijuana, you know, it's like there's lots of good stuff, but there's, again, like like every drug, caffeine, everything has some of those side effects. Yeah. And by the way, if this is something that you struggle with, or, you know, I hope you don't feel like we're judging you at all. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest things you can do is have compassion on yourself. Yeah. Like that's, you know, if you're sitting there judging yourself or feeling hard on yourself about it, like first take a moment and just have that self-compassion and be like, I'm doing the best I can. Yep. This is a pattern that has come up from things I've gone through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like it's even if it doesn't change or if you don't want it to change that that first moment of just like not judging yourself for it and allowing yourself to love yourself even if it's something that you feel bad about. Yes, shame mm -hmm. and beating yourself up actually keeps you stuck in the mm -hmm. spiral of a compulsive mm -hmm. behavior, mm -hmm. right? And and if you can let go of some of that, the behavior can just sort of change, right? And I, I've experienced that in my life. Like I think, you know, there was times where I was like, oh, I have to stop doing this thing or whatever. Like mm -hmm. this is the problem. And then it just, then I'm like wrestling with this thing the whole time. Instead, like now with my therapist, you know, it's kind of like, we'll get curious about. So like, what is the, okay, so if I get home from having a couple of drinks with friends and then have a couple of drinks more on my own, which is my pattern, it's like, oh, like, what is that doing for me? Mm. Like, like what am I, I'm obviously getting something from that because mm -hmm. I'm still doing, right? Instead of like shaming myself and the behavior or whatever getting curious about it and be like, what's, what's missing? Like, what am mm. I feeling in that moment? And like, what am I actually searching for when I'm reaching mm -hmm. for that beer, you know, that next beer or whatever. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And all of this can go into eating too and body image. 100%. And, you know, I really want to do an episode. I just want to get a good, really good guest to really talk about body image. But, um, you know, I, if you follow me on Instagram, I posted a post recently about, I had just taken this bar class and I was, kind of like not half naked but I had like a sports bra on little booty shorts or whatever and I posted a picture of me 
contorting my body in a way that made me look thinner, made my mm. legs look thinner, made my abs look like they popped out more. And then I posted a picture of me just standing there, like mm -hmm. normal. I wake up every day and I go look in the mirror and I try and look at ways that I might be thinner. Mm. And this goes back to my eating disorder in high school. Every time I eat a dessert, I feel guilty. Mm. And then I'll be like, okay, tomorrow I'm gonna do better. And then I don't. And then I feel the shame about it. Yeah. And then the pattern repeats, even though I'm not really eating that unhealthy of stuff, but to me, and it's almost like, and I just get stuck in that, or I'll, I'll drink some wine and I'll eat ice cream and then I'll feel horrible about it. And so in the morning I punish myself by stepping on the scale. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then being like, okay, well, seeing that number is going to ruin my day one, but also I've got to do better because otherwise that number is going to go up. And mm -hmm. like my pants are already feeling a little tight because of COVID and I need it to go down. And, and weirdly, right, all of that behavior is adding so much stress and anxiety and negativity that you're directing at yourself that you're going to be more prone to like reach for something sugary for or sure. alcohol, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think give yourself self-compassion, try yeah. not to live in shame, and do what's best for you. There you go. Real and vulnerable content from two people who have no idea <laughs> what they're doing in life. Yeah, I mean, that the conversation went a different direction than what I thought it would go, but I think it was um, really vulnerable, really great. Yeah. So I hope you guys really appreciated it. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, make sure to follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Leanna Joan and at the real Jared Rodriguez. We're on Twitter at hello underscore by underscore pod. We've got the H and G hive on Facebook. You can subscribe to our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. Check out our website and uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review mm -hmm. on the Apple podcast. Remember our contest ends October 31st. So we're gonna be looking at our favorite reviews and uh, picking out two favorites to win an H&G mug. Yeah. So we're super excited about that. Make sure to give us five stars, please. <laughs> one star <laughs> reviews. Only five star reviews are eligible. Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> four stars and under are not eligible. Yeah. And anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks everyone, bye. Bye.